Good morning, church. It is so good to see you. Thank you to everyone that is watching online today. I'm so glad that you're here. And if we could all, every one of us, take a moment to share the stream of today's service, choose the social media platform of, of choice, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, uh, the website. That would be helpful because I believe that the message today could be the one that your friends need to hear. So go ahead and take a moment. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and like the stream, comment on the stream, your favorite emoji, and then share the stream. The more you engage, the more that people get to see it. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and like the video, subscribe to our channel because every Sunday we're dropping, we're dropping new stuff, Jordan, every week, every week. Speaking of every week, last week... And the week before, the past two weeks, we had uh, Greg and Sherry teaching on platform. Was that not amazing? Yeah. Thank you, Greg and Sherry, for leading strong. We have such an incredible team at the exchange. Who knew that Sherry could shuck the corn like that? I mean, I knew she could talk, but I didn't know preaching is a whole other game. She did fantastic. It was really good. Well, listen, today is a beautiful day in Austin Metro to begin a new series. And the new series is called The Voice of the Heart. And I'm, I'm actually just feeling so glad right now that we're in this. I'm excited to talk about matters of the heart. It's based off of a book that I've, I've read. I'm in my third iteration of reading the book. And it's called, you guessed it, The Voice of the Heart, uh, Living a Full Life by Chip Dodd. Uh, Chip Dodd is a Christian psychologist. He, is, he has powerful insight on the human heart, on emotion, on feelings. And I just can't recommend this book enough, quite honestly. I think it's $13 on Amazon. If you want to drop that in your cart and buy that for your spouse this week, it can be here in a couple of days. Um, if you want to dig deeper than what I'm able to communicate in the next three talks... I've got an hour and a half with you over the next three weeks, and I can't communicate everything that this, this book has to offer. It is biblically based, scripturally based. Uh, it's not just psychology. It's kind of partnering. Uh, psychology came out of uh, Christianity, by the way. Psychology is the attempt to remedy that which God has provided a way of escape for. And I, I believe in psychologists. I believe in counseling. Uh, I think you should go to counseling. I think you need it. Uh, but this book is a good start. The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. I think it should be required reading for everyone that has a heart. I really do. Uh, last week, Sherry made a statement that I don't know if it was in her notes or not. I didn't go back to confirm. But when she made that statement, I said, oh, that's good. And that is going to be an impeccable launching point of my next series. Sherry said uh, last week, she said, I hear people say, just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Did anyone remember her saying that? It was so good and, and so powerful and so true. Don't follow your heart. I want to take you to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. I know we've done up-downs today, but welcome to Gem and Church. Would you please stand with me in reading of God's word? Jeremiah 17, verse 7 through 10. Scripture has a lot to say about matters of the heart. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things. Let me read that again. Remember Sherry saying, don't follow your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. The title of my sermon today is Who Can Understand It? Sometimes we walk through the halls around here and we say, hey, Stefan, how's your heart? And Stefan may say, oh, it's good. It's great, solid. But who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? It's amazing to me the amount of people on planet Earth that are walking around so not self-aware. Not aware that their heart is broken. Not aware that their heart is wounded. Not aware that their heart is in desperate need of salvation and surrender and repair. You know people, I'm sure, if it's not you, like it has been me at times. You raise your voice and you get angry and you think it's about the thing, but it's not about the thing. It's because your heart is sick. But, but I'm too busy and wrapped up in the thing that I, I can't understand what's going on with my heart. Who can understand it? I am an Enneagram 4. Pedro is also an Enneagram 4. And Dana Dinan is also an Enneagram 4. Last week, we all wore the same color, which for Enneagram 4s is a very big deal. It's, it's a problem. All three of us had black and brown on, and we all wanted to go home and change because we weren't unique enough. One of the benefits of an Enneagram 4 is that we intuitively, innately, God, God has gifted us in some fashion or form to peer into the depths of our heart, to know our heart. So I come at you today, not as an expert, but as someone with a lot of practice. I didn't just read it from Chip's book. I've lived it. I'm living it. And I hope to help you know your heart. Father, we come before you today. Oh God, the creator of our heart, the one who peers in and brings healing and restoration and hope to our heart, would you sit with us a while? Would you let us have the courage today to just uncover the hidden things, the hidden agendas, the, the fears, the turmoil of our heart? God, let us not run from it. Sometimes when we pull the heart out of our chest and we hand it to another, it's been abused, it's been misused, it's been abandoned, it's been rejected. God, let us trust you with our heart today. So God, we don't just give you permission. Holy Spirit, we don't just give you permission to be among us. We give you an invitation today to join us as we look at matters of the heart. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let the church say, 
Amen. Turn at your neighbor and say, I love your heart. Turn at the person you don't like and say, bless your heart. <laughs> we have two big dogs at the house. Casey and Sadie, both rescues. Um, we take our dogs hiking a lot. Uh, this pic is from this week, actually. This picture is from this week at Walnut Creek. Carrie and I were taking the dogs for a walk. We were short on time because we're doing this intermittent fasting deal and you got to eat by a certain time. And Carrie had to have dinner by 6 p.m. and it was like 5.30 when we got there. And so we're speed walking. We did about a mile and a quarter in 15 minutes. Ironically, that used to be my run time for half a mile. Uh, times have changed, I guess. But it's, it's not a run. It's not an even fast walk, but it's just a, kind of a brisk pace. You know, a mile and a quarter in 15 minutes. We just weren't playing, playing around. We just went through Walnut Creek. Uh, you notice the back dog, the one that's lagging back, that's the oldest dog. That's Casey. Uh, her tail is down. She's wondering when we're going to be done. The dog in the front with the tail up and just so happy and just looking for balls, looking for balls, looking for balls, looking for balls. That's Sadie. Uh, Sadie is a black mouth cur. She's got more personality than I care to engage with. And I, when we go for a walk now, I've, I've got this, I've bought some balls that are, one of them is a, like a, a surprise ball. So the si- it's not really round. It's got edges to where it may hit it and then just go off. And so I want to see how good she can chase the balls. And this week, I, we found a tennis ball. She found a tennis ball. Every time we go, she finds a ball. And I, I threw it forward, and she would run and get it and then wait for me to catch up with her. Uh, but to get her exercise out, I started throwing it back. So she would have to run back to the ball and then run to catch up with us. She's, she's pretty smart. If, she, if I threw it forward, she wouldn't run back to us. She would wait for us to walk. Uh, that's, that's Sadie in the front. Sadie is, is a great dog, tons of personality. But really, the one I want to introduce you to today is Casey, the one that was in the back. Um, yeah. I know we all have favorites. We, we all have favorites. We have favorite colors. We have favorite clothes. We have favorite foods. We have favorite pets. We have favorite kids. We... I know, you're not supposed to have favorite favorite kids. I, I understand you're not supposed to, but, you know, I make it fair. I, I tell my kids that every day I choose a new favorite. So, Jordan, whoever buys my lunch today after church is my favorite for today. And it's been a while, son. You need to really get up there and be my favorite. Anyway, Casey right here. Sweet, sweet Casey. She is definitely not my favorite. She's not. And I anticipated the laws. Uh, I actually let her know this week, she's not my favorite. I did. I said, if I had to get rid of one of you, yeah, well, you take Casey home with you, and let me, let me see how you act next week. She's good. Oh, you're right. She is good. Let me tell you how good this dog is. I'll, I'll tell you why Casey is different. 
she was a rescue and was clearly mistreated. She was abused. Uh, she's terrified of everything. She will bark anytime there's a noise. That's, that's the one redeeming quality of Casey. She's a loud mouth. And if you don't know she's terrified, you think she's going to kill you. But she won't. She just barks. And, and I want to just let the record show that I believe Casey is worthy of love. I believe Casey is worthy of affection. But when we take Casey walking, she's on a leash, and I always get stuck with Casey. And we're always walking at night in the dark. And we like to walk on the road, not the sidewalk. And so we're walking down the road. And Casey, out of nowhere, mid-stride, doesn't even give me a heads up. She just ploops in the road, right in front of my feet. And I immediately have to hopscotch. You don't see it coming. You don't know it's, you don't hear a tummy rumbling. It's every time. It makes me so mad. I have tried to publicly shame her for it. Dogs don't poop in the road. Casey, what would the squirrels think? She doesn't listen. Every time she, Anthony, is going to poop in the road right in front of my feet, and I have to jump over it and, and, and miss it. But that's not the only reason uh, Casey just gets on my nerves. She gets on my nerves because she's afraid of cats. Casey, you're a big dog. Don't be afraid of cats. We, we will be walking, and we see a cat, and if the cat arches its back, she takes off running. She's so afraid of cats that at Halloween time, a, a house in our neighborhood had a silhouette statue of an arched black cat. We walk that street every night, and every time she's looking at it, the corner of her eye, trying to pull me, and I'm just wanting a casual, leisurely walk. I don't want to run from a statue. I mean, the cats have all told each other in the neighborhood that she's a big fraidy cat because now the cats, they like taunt her. They'll come out of the shadows and the alleyways and they'll say, there's Casey. And they'll follow her and she will take off running. Am I telling the truth? I'm not exaggerating. She has now become like the Nancy. The Nancy, the person everyone picks on. Yeah. Huh? No, not the Karen. That's another. <laughs> Let's hold your questions. <laughs> Don't ask questions during the sermon or you'll be called the Sherry. <laughs> this week, uh, uh, you're awesome. If you have any more questions, ask my wife. This week, though, we were walking, Sadie, and it was windy outside. And the leaves were blowing up the road behind her. And she was running from the leaves. These are some of the reasons why Casey works my patience. Now, as Carrie said, and I want to echo and champion, Casey isn't bad. She's a good dog. She, she's a good dog. She isn't bad. She's just a little impaired. 
She's not healthy because she's had wounds and didn't have the, the tools to bring healing to the wounds of her past. And now there's some idiosyncrasies about her that make her walk in a way that is impaired. But that doesn't make Casey bad. She's good. Some of us walking around, some of us are walking around with wounds that we've never healed from. That doesn't make us bad. But we're not living a full life. We're impaired. Our hearts are impaired. Verse 9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, the heart is above all things deceitful. Deceitful above all things. What that should tell us is that all the things that the heart can be, the most common expression of the heart is deceit. The heart can be a lot of things, all right? It doesn't mean that every heart is deceitful. It doesn't mean that your heart is always deceitful. It's simply telling us this morning that of, of all the, the expressions of the heart, the most common is deceit. The human heart in its most common expression is deceitful. It deceives us. It, it tricks us. It can lead us down a path we think we really want and then snatch it from us and we realize we didn't really want that. Our heart deceived us. It can cause us to be angry with the relative for some reason because we feel justified in all of these things and we've made the issue the issue, but our heart deceives us because we read it to be anger, but it was really something else going on in our heart. And our, our heart was trying to notify us that something was going on, but the heart is deceitful. It will deceive you. That's why you can't follow your heart. So the statement that Sherry made last week, don't follow your heart, is quite true. We cannot follow our heart. But hear me, church, the heart has the capacity to be healthy. This is an important point, and I hope you're writing this down. We've been trained and taught that the heart is deceitful and we should never follow it, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue health of the heart because the heart can be healthy. All of those wounds that you experienced in third grade when you never got picked for the, the baseball team, all of those wounds that you experienced in seventh grade when you didn't make the volleyball team, whatever the wounds are, the, the rejection that you experienced, the time that your grandparents made you sleep in the basement in sub-zero temperatures, all of that combined is, is really hard and really tough. But guess what? Your heart can be healthy. You don't have to be held captive by the wounds of your past. Ezekiel 36, 26 tells us, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So the antidote to the human condition is a heart transplant. God will remove your stone, your heart of stone, and instead give you a what? Heart of flesh. But even our heart of flesh can be wounded, can be unstable, it can be impaired. And when our heart of flesh is impaired, the expression of our heart is deceitful. 
You can't trust your heart when your heart is impaired. And listen, just because you are saved and on your way to heaven does not mean that your heart is healthy. It means your heart is saved. Oh my goodness, would all the Christians in the world stop using their salvation as a barrier for healing? I'm shouting it so everyone in Waco can hear and San Antonio and people around the world because we use our salvation as if that's the end and that's just the beginning. Your heart can be healthy and the heart transplant, taking a heart of stone and getting a heart of flesh is the first step, but there is more that you and I can pursue by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Let's quickly define the heart. Let's define that because I know some of us are like, it's an ethereal, you know, it's fuzzy, it's like mystical. What does the heart actually mean? When I talk about the heart, I'm not talking about the, the organ in your body that pumps blood to your extremities and to your brain. All right? I'm not talking about the, the physical heart that is within the chest cavity right now that's, that's kind of pumping. That's not the heart I'm talking about. When I say the heart, I'm saying that the heart is the seat of our will, the place of our affections, and the womb of our emotion. It's the inner you. The inner you that no one sees. No one has access to unless you give them access to it. That is... That is the heart. I know a lot of us walked in here today with wounded hearts, with impaired hearts, and you walked through the doors with a smile, and you said everything was great, you're blessed and highly favored, and God is good, and we only know what you showed us, but I'm not talking about the facade, I'm talking about the heart. That thing that right now only you and God know. The heart. Who can know it? Even as an Enneagram 4, there are days I sit down and I'm like, God, what's going on with my heart? I feel so disconnected, so, so, so aloof, so numb. I'm sure you felt that way too. If an Enneagram 4 can feel that way, everybody can. God, what's going on with my heart? Who, who can know it? There's good news. God can know it. God knows your heart. God sees your heart. In verse 10, in our text, it tells us that God searches the heart. We also know from 1 Samuel chapter 16 that the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the what? Outward appearance. But the Lord looks at what? The heart. God looks at the seat of your will, the place of your affection, and the womb of your emo emotion. So if God searches our heart, if God knows our heart, if God evaluates our heart, does it not seem reasonable to you that if God's doing it, he's probably going to give us access to see our own heart so that we can know our heart, so that we can evaluate our heart, and so that we can search our own heart. Yet so many of us in this room and online in Austin metro area, so many of us don't know how to connect with our own hearts. 
I see it time and time and time again. We don't know how to give language to what we feel, what we hope for, what we long for. We can't evaluate our affections and our will. Not only is our heart impaired, but our ability to connect with our heart is impaired. How many of you would say you've, you've felt that at least in the last five years? You felt a disconnection from your heart. You weren't sure what you were feeling, what you were thinking, the emotion that was stirring around. Maybe you had so many different emotions, you didn't know what, which should take priority. Well, more than wishing you a healthy heart, my goal in this series is not to get your heart healthy. Although that's a great place to be, but but more than getting your heart healthy, I want to help you learn to connect with your heart. Because if you can connect with your heart, if I can get you, if God and Holy Spirit can get you to learn how to connect with your heart, it doesn't really matter if your heart is impaired. If your heart is impaired and you can connect to it, then with your permission, Holy Spirit can bring healing to it. But so many of us are left wounded and, and desperate and in a very bad way, not because we're impaired, but because we have no access to the impairment of our heart. Some of us think it's everyone else's problem because we don't realize how damaged our heart is, how hurt our heart is. So it is true that we can't follow our heart, but that doesn't mean we should ignore it either. Look at your neighbor and say, don't ignore your heart. So here's what we can do with our heart. In your notes, write down whatever speaks to you. I'm just going to go through a list. What can we do with our heart? There's actually a lot that you can do with your heart. Unfortunately, we've been trained to ignore the heart. But there is a lot that can happen with your heart. You can lead it. You can heal it. You can hear it. You can correct it. You can receive and benefit from it. You can know it. The Bible says you can strengthen it, you can encourage it, you can engage with it, you can grow it, you can feed it. There is a lot of activity that you should be doing with your heart, and, and all you've been thinking about is, is keeping it at arm's length. But God wants you to know your heart. It's beautiful. It's It's wonderful. It has the capacity to walk in sync with the orchestra of heaven. It it was made for you and Jesus to sit down together and look at. So we're going to learn how to know our heart. And I I would say that when I talk about heart, probably the the most well-known expression that we think of is emotions, right? Are Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you lonely? All of these different emotions. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, so you don't have to tithe on this part. In my opinion, I think the church, the global church, has done a disservice to people by minimizing matters of the heart. I think we have. And we haven't even realized it. And it's all by, by good measure. It's things that we, we, we say with good intent. Can I give you an example? A good example is faith over fear. Somebody's going through something. Hey, hashtag faith over fear. 
Ignore that emotion. Pretend it doesn't exist. Just push it to the side. Faith over fear. Hashtag awaken greater. Faith over fear. And I get the sentiment. I really do. I think what people are trying to say, and I've said it, I think what we're trying to say is, hey, trust in God. Right? So I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill with just syntactical stuff, language. You know, I'm not making a lexicon argument. I'm just, I'm saying that when we say faith over fear, we're doing a disservice. Because fear is actually one of the eight emotions that you are wired to experience. Of all the expressions of the heart, you know, we give language to what we're feeling and we give, you know, all kinds of weird words to things. Like I say, I'm depressed. Well, depression is not a feeling. It's an expression of a feeling. And it funnels back to one of the eight core feelings that our heart feels. But if I say I'm depressed rather than the actual feeling that I feel, I can't sit with that. I, I, can't, I can't sit with whatever the core emotion is. I'm a degree off of what I'm really feeling. Are you with me? I say, I have anxiety. That's great, but anxiety is not a, an emotion. It's not a feeling. You can feel anxiety. I felt it. But it's not a feeling. So when I call it anxiety, then I don't get to the core of the feeling, which Anxiety is actually impaired fear. So when I have anxiety, rather than say I have anxiety, let's just call it what it is. It's, it's impaired fear. I have toxic fear. But not all fear is toxic. So when I say faith over fear, that leads me to believe that I need to reject all fear, and I shouldn't, because the Bible tells me that fear leads to wisdom. That just gave me chills. Of course the enemy wants me to reject all fear because we know from Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there is a healthy fear that I can embrace and I, I can just sit with a while and I can be uncomfortable with because fear leads to wisdom, but fear also leads to faith. If I sit with healthy fear, then it gives me the chance to trust God for something bigger than I can accomplish. So faith out of fear... Or faith over fear doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Faith over toxic fear makes a whole lot of sense. But faith comes from fear. Fear is one of the eight core emotions. We're going to talk about not today. That's maybe just a snippet for next week and the following week. I'm, I'm just giving you a snapshot of what it looks like to diagnose your heart. I'm going to give you next week maybe a a feelings chart to where you can just put it on your refrigerator and ask each other how you feeling and require that everyone in your family use one of the eight words. <laughs> Not all the other words, one of the eight. And then, okay, is that impaired or is that healthy? Are you feeling shame? Shame is actually one of the eight. Shame, there's a toxic shame. The church is really good about casting off shame out of everyone. But there is a healthy shame. There's a healthy shame that lets me see my limitation. I don't feel adequate enough to do whatever the task is at hand. I don't feel adequate enough to lead this church into the next season. That's healthy shame. And through that healthy shame, I can partner with God and I can release control. So our shame, when we walk, 
I can't preach next week's sermon. But shame is one of the eight. But see, it's nice to give you the freedom and permission to say, man, mama, I feel shame. All right, let's talk about it. Do you feel like you're limited and God is calling you higher to something? Or do you feel like you're bad? Because if you feel like you're bad, that's toxic shame. But we're going to get to where we can identify all eight emotions because feelings matter. They actually matter. Feelings indicate the condition of the heart. I know we can't be led by our feelings. We can't follow our feelings, but feelings are the indicator of our heart. In other words, say you're driving your car today and you've got a gas gauge and you've got a temperature gauge and you've got a, uh, some of you got a check engine light that needs some attention. Some of you, like me, have a check the, the airbag light that's on. You've got all, all of these gauges. And when you're driving, I've had to teach my kids, you actually have to look at all of them. And if your car's getting hot, you don't just keep driving. Like, it's not going to blink at you if you need to pull over. When it's getting hot, you need to pull over. There's so many gauges to look at. But in matters of the heart, there's only one gauge. It's your emotions. The emotions that are coming out of you, it's the one gauge to let you know how healthy or impaired your heart is. Feelings indicate the condition of our heart. We've been taught, or I have, maybe I won't speak for you, we've been taught that feelings are associated with moral judgment. Like if someone is a little bit too angry for my liking, that says a lot about their character. But that's not how emotions actually work. We've been taught to think of feelings as bad because of the number of people who hide their true feelings and do damage to others to avoid the vulnerability of the truth. But feelings are good. I'm going to take you on a short journey over these next couple of weeks. And while we shouldn't follow our heart, we should not be surprised that our heart will follow us. The condition of your heart will impact every area of your life. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Next week, my time is up, but next week I want to talk to you about the root system of the heart. There are some, some roots that go from your heart that need to be nourished, like your desires, your longings, your hopes. We're going to talk about the root system and how you can nourish your heart because the roots of our heart, it's like that old tree on Main Street in the city square. It doesn't matter how many sidewalks are put down. Sooner or later, the roots are going to reach up and snap the sidewalk in two. And this is how your heart is made. Either you deal with your heart or the attempts to stop your heart's voice will create such conflict that it will break your life into pieces. And here's the good news. The title of my sermon was, Who Can Know It? Who Can Know It? I can know my heart. 
because God does and he invites me in. If you'll fill that out on your paper, I can know my heart because God does and he invites me in. Will you stand to your feet? I was so excited about this series. Today I feel glad, which is one of the eight. <laughs> glad. In the remaining weeks, we're going to unpack the eight core feelings and what the Bible has to say about it. I, I love Chip Dodd, but we're always going to point it back to Scripture. Psychology is just a reiteration of what God has already known and established in the lives of, and hearts of men. Because my goal is to help you connect with your heart, to identify what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. And, and from there, actually get to a place where you can lead your heart with the help of Holy Spirit by the grace of God into wholeness and healing. But today, maybe you need a heart transplant. Maybe you've been far from Jesus. Maybe you're ready to come home. Maybe you're ready to offer up to God your heart of stone and to allow him to give you heart of flesh in its place. Will you just close your eyes for a moment? I just want to give people in the room and people online the opportunity to say yes to the life change of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe there is no way to the Father but through him. I believe that he is a God of mercy, a God of grace, and he's inviting you home today. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, will you just wave your hand at me? You're ready to put your faith in Jesus. It doesn't mean life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you've got it all figured out. You're just ready to start this journey. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Everyone will just take your hand and place it right on your heart. Repeat after me. Father, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I make the choice to surrender my will, my life, my emotions, my desires, my control to you. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave after being hung on a tree. I believe that he's the son of God, came to make a way of escape for all who sin. From this moment forward, I put my faith, my hope, and my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you just said yes to Jesus, whether online or in the room, we have two in the room. Text NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 512-980-1220. Church, can we just celebrate everyone who said yes to Jesus? All right, don't forget to sign up for Connect Groups. You can look at the QR code. You just zoom in. It'll bring up a link. You click that link. Then you register. We would love to have you in Connect Groups.
And until then, uh, take what you received in here and give it to someone out there. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday, 1030 a.m.